This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, episode number 395. <laughs> Let that sink in. 395. <laughs> and uh, we are here each and every week um, on podcast and audio discussing the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. So make your Monday a Blue Monday and here at the bottom of the screen is David Diamond. Hello, Dave. Ben, all right? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good to see you, mate. Haven't sort of been on for a while, have we, I don't think? Not together, yeah. no. I think you've been no, avoiding no. me, Dave. Yeah, or, or vice versa. I'm not sure which way round it is, Ben. You know. There you go. I have been speaking frequently on the midweek streams, though, with Matteo Sereni, Joe Fares today. How you doing, guys? We're all we're all lovely yeah, and good, beautiful, good. and, and we're ready. To, we're ready to talk about the FA Cup. Um, before we get to Ipswich versus Portsmouth in round one of the FA Cup, played in November of all times, um, I wanted to just get an idea of how the significance of the FA Cup has changed uh, for the club um, over. Well, let's go 1980, Dave can do that, 2000, Joe can do that, and then where the significance is now for the club, if there is indeed any or if it's just a nuisance. Dave, what was the significance of the FA Cup to Ipswich Town 40 years ago in 1980? Um, oh, it was huge, absolutely huge. I mean, it was, a, you know, it was the most important, you know, the most important competition, the lot really, okay, Obviously, you win the championship. You prove yourself back then over 42. Over sorry, Division One as it was then. You prove yourself over 42 games. But the FA Cup back then was the be all and end all. You know, and I know it's you hear these people talk about it, people of my age talk about that. But that's what I grew up with. You know, and Cup final days like the biggest biggest football occasion of the of the whole season because there wasn't any live football. There was like three, as I've mentioned before, there was like three live football matches a season. 
which was European Cup, as always, FA Cup final in England, Scotland. And that was it. You know, no other live football. So the FA Cup took on extreme importance. And, and obviously, being an Ipswich fan back then, 1980, as we all know, we stood a bloody good chance of winning it. You know, we'd won it two years before. Um, 1980, remember it well. It was a season. Again, we got to the quarterfinal, lost, uh, lost out at Everton. But yeah, it was huge back then. Absolutely massive. And obviously... Um, very much the um, very much the, in, in the realms of um, it took as many replays as you like to, to get the game <laughs> to get a result, which you know just great, tremendous. So, Joe, if you fast forward, then so that was forty years ago. Fast forward twenty years, so you're now a little bit more in the picture. Let's just say um, two thousand, and we got knocked out by Southampton, didn't we? Is that is that where yeah, it was a weird one in December? It was the, it was the yeah. it was almost the beginning of the end of the FA Cup, wasn't it? Because that was the year where the FA wanted Man United to go to Brazil right. to play in yeah, the Club yeah, yeah. World Cup to help with our World Cup 2006 bid. And Man United effectively withdrew from the FA Cup. They didn't enter it and they were the holders at the time. So it just became, I don't know, that, that, that was almost the first sign of them not entering it. And then all of a sudden it was reserve sides being played and things like that. But if you think back in 2000 and two, was it when we were in the Premier League, the sort of start of that season, or 2001, the shirt of the keeper I'm wearing, Matteo Serini, who in his first season in English league football asked to be rested for a <laughs> FA Cup tie away when we were in sort of in a relegation battle in the Premier League. Our first choice goalkeeper didn't want to play on a frozen pitch <laughs> against a non-league side and it was seen as a massive deal. Now, could, could you imagine a keeper on their first year in the country used to a winter break being playing in an FA Cup third round tie away at a non-league Die in the Premier League, it's ludicrous, really, isn't it, to think of it like that. Yeah, so I, think, you, I think you're right, Joe. They all started with United. It totally devalued, devalued everything. Really, it's gone from there. Really, well, I can David, tell would I 2000 can... have been when um, a vast TV audience is watching Zinedine Zidane volley that goal in at Hamden in the Champions League final, and it's like, okay, everyone's watching this now. No one cares about the FA Cup anymore. Um, yeah, possibly. But Dave, coming back to you. Where does it stand now in 2020 as a as a League One club with a short pre-season in COVID? It's irrelevance, isn't it? It's just an irrelevance now. It's so sad to see. It really is. And I mean, yesterday, I don't think everyone knows the result of yesterday, but I think we've now won, is it one FA Cup game in, in 19 ties? Obviously counting replays as well. One out of 19 games with one. It's just, you know, there's just no importance of adhering to it now. And um, I think it's just sad, very sad. But, I, you know, I can see why, you know, um, fix your congestion and everything else is going on. But I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I still say, you know, it'd be great to have a, always oh, say every season with Ipswich, it'd be great to have a cup run, brilliant to have a cup run. But you just know it's not going to happen. It's almost resigned to it now. I think David, to- especially when there's week, no away game you can you can go to either this season. You can't even go for the cup run for the new stadium. Anyway, sorry, no, Joe, it- what were you going to say? Yeah, like topically this week, I think Statman tweeted that the last time, other than Lincoln in January, the last time we won an FA Cup game, George W. Bush was president of the United States. So that that's how f- frequently we win in the FA Cup. Sort of every <laughs> every third president, it seems we we do it. But yeah. the, I, I'm always one that's in the camp of good to have a cup run, good to keep winning, good to keep momentum. But this year, I think it is just all, all bets are off this year. And when you look at the schedule, because we won in the first round of the League Cup, that means we've got a minimum of 52 games in a 34-week season. That's, well, that's, let's... that's 18 midweek games you've got to fit in. And the fixtures 
um, because we lost yesterday and Charlton lost, that that game that was Tuesday night in December is now a Saturday in is it is it the start of December now? Yeah, let's, that game? let's get to that. Um, End of November. Joe, um, so, and we'll talk about uh, approach. And I, I think you've kind of both already answered the question in not so many words. But the schedule Joe's talking about um, is eleven games were on the books between twenty first of November and second of January. So, with a win, that then obviously goes up to twelve, and you feel the 28th of November, which is what you're talking about, Joe. Um, if Ipswich and uh, <clears throat> Charlton were, were to happen to lose, both lose yesterday um, in home games, uh, then you do take one game that would have then been another cup game and you can have a little gap. I mean, it's it's still um, absolutely insane, the actual schedule. Uh, with that being said, uh, Dave, here, um, I'll bring them up there. There is the um, team that we came up with. So Cornell in goal, Kenlock, McGuinness and Ciala, Danassian across the back. Hughes, McGavin comes in. Uh, Nolan, was the last time we saw McGavin um, that game against Fleetwood? Anyway, I'll answer that in a minute. Uh, Sears, uh, Bennett plays um, from the start and Hawkins. Um what do you think of that team, Dave, and the approach? Could he really justify doing anything else? Probably not. I think it's a pretty strong team, really, looking at that. Um, and, you know, then when you consider consider the bench as well, I think it's a reasonable reasonable sign, which shows to a degree, I guess it does show the sort of depth of our squad. But certainly, you think back to last season, a couple of seasons back, you know, we could nowhere near put out a side. I don't think we'd nowhere near put out a side like that. So, yeah, I was, I was quite, quite encouraged by that side um where was Dobra Joe injured was it, was it Miss Dobra? I, I, I don't know because I assumed he'd gone off on international duty early ah, but I, I just saw on okay. Instagram 22 minutes ago so about <laughs> seven o'clock he was at London Luton Airport flying out so hmm. I, I don't know why he wasn't involved whether he had a knock whether they yeah. didn't want him risk I don't know where their games Possibly. are but Hopefully, it was due to that that he wasn't involved because yeah, he um, deserved a chance otherwise. Well, and I suppose if he was injured, well, unless you wouldn't be going, would he? If he was some, any sort of... No, but they, they might have a game. Note. They might have a game on Monday, for example. I, I don't no. know. I don't know their yeah. schedule, so he might. So he was he was the only one that I thought, you know, we spoke about it um, during the week or last weekend. I think he was the only one I think I, I thought would, would, would feature, but we thought Hughes would come in. I thought maybe Jackson would play start, maybe, but he was on the bench, obviously. But yeah, pretty probably Counts pretty strong side. Um, what did surprise me though was the approach that obviously Kenny Jacket took with his side. <laughs> uh, we'll come to that in just a sec, Dave. Um, Joe, you put out a tweet. Um, how close were you to this team? I've retweeted it, but I haven't checked back. Um, did you get it I, right? I, no, no, I, I had Dobber in there sort of instead of what was effectively Sears. But I, and after speaking to someone, I've, I realized that McGavin was probably going to play, but I'd have, I'd have sort of probably had Corey and Darber in there at the back as well. So but if if you look in that squad, everyone in there, apart from possibly Freddie Sears and Ollie Hawkins, needed a game. Needed a game, really. Because yeah, I remember you pointing that out. Cordell yeah. hasn't played much. Nassian hasn't played much. Kenlock hasn't played much. Really? McGuinness has just come into the team, but he's still only played two or three games. NCR is now out of the team. Sort of bar Wolfie, Hughes, Nolan's coming back from suspension. Bennett's hadn't had a start yet, so it was it was very much uh, sort of the the right team for me because. As we were saying earlier, the fixture pile up in this division is is ridiculous this year, and 
you, you just do not want any more games. But if if you if you win and you can then play nine, ten changes again, then then that's fine because it keeps giving people games. But you just don't want to get yourself into a situation where it just piles up on you. Because I mean, I, I think to, sorry, um, Darren McCampany in the, on his podcast, he was saying that the season is so tight this year that even if Peterborough have a situation where they have three, four, five guys come down with COVID, they won't be postponing the game because that is just going to catch up with them. That They'd rather just play under 23. Take the hit play, now. Take the um, hit now yeah. than have that extra game midweek because he just said the schedule is what is going to decide this season in his view. Dave? Yeah. No, I think that Joe's right. I think the ideal scenario yesterday would have been, you know, get a win and then then draw someone like a as it turns out a canby island or marine or someone like that at home which let's face it should be a free hit and you can even play a weaker side than we played yesterday potentially in that you know and then who knows the third round draw but yeah there is a lot of football was you're right there is a lot of football to be crammed in and we do uh, we do acknowledge the argument of okay after this is a week off international break and a well there's an EFL trophy game on Tuesday, which we'll touch on later. So we do acknowledge that argument that, well, you know, what are you resting for? But as Joe has clearly pointed out and Dave there, it's a very long season in mm. even um, shorter span. Um, Dave just alluded to the fact that Pompey were, I think, were they unchanged, guys? Absolutely unchanged. Unchanged. Yeah. unchanged. <laughs> so uh, McGill, goal, Johnson, Ragger, Nicolaisen and Pring across the back, Harness, Cannon, Naylor and Curtis across the midfield, Marquis and Williams up top. And uh, let's go to Joe on this first goal. And we're going to talk Wolves. We're going to talk own goals and obviously mention Craig Hignett and Richard Wright in uh, 2000 because it um, never takes me long to mention that. But here is the free kick. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you're about to see this. Um, Curtis is going to curl this around the wall. Um, Freddie Sears is stood about a metre outside of the wall, and there is no possible player on the overlap. Uh, so I don't know why you would uh, do that. Um, the ball is played into the gap uh, between Nolan and Sears, bounces once, hits the post, hits Cornell on the back, and um, goes into the goal Uh 11 minutes in, um, I'm sure Dave could give a one-word treatment on this, but Joe, give us, um, just talk about the, the, the wall and um, whether Cornell could have done any better or was he just unlucky after it hit the post? I have no idea what Freddie Sears is doing in the wall. He's just, he looks <laughs> he's like... He's not in the wall. He's not in the wall. He's not in the wall. It's pointless. And um, I've read in the on the Anglian today that it was either Andy or Stu were saying that Cornell was frantically trying to get that wall sorted, but he just, for some reason, it just wasn't work. They just weren't listening to him. I, I, don't, I don't know what I don't know what was happening. But later on in the game, when there was another free kick, when the wall actually stood as a wall and blocked it, he was he did shout something like much better that time. So he, I think he felt let down by by the people in front of him rather than his organisation. I don't know, but it's just a tough one because he, I think he should get a hand to it because he gets right across to it. But he almost it's almost like he thinks it's going wide and sort of leaves it and then it hits a post and comes back off him but it's just a, f- a freak goal really isn't it once once it's past the sorry excuse of a wall he's, he's very unlucky Dave it's just a poor one isn't it because it's obviously if they take it quickly because I think they spend a little time you know little times sort of sorting it out and the other full bait is it Prings uh, who runs over it as if he's shaping the kit um, hit it left foot he runs over it and then he hits it Joe's right it's just a 
Sears has just got in a bizarre position. He's either in the wall or he's not. Or he's not. He's well. There's no overlap. What's he doing there? That, and it's not as if he's, he's giving, almost doing uh, more harm than good. Though well, well, he, well, there, well almost he is because if the ball doesn't go around the hot well, if we're saying well, it does go around the wall because he's not in the wall. It's, it's just odd. It's really odd. And yeah. not, I don't think he's there. I don't think Cornell's obviously position the wall like that because what what advantage is that? You know, he can't. You know, from his position the other side, <clears throat> it's a really it's a really odd one. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a freak one because he does he sort of get a bit of a hand to it. It's supposed a little bit unlucky. It's one of those ones where you look, you see it go in, and you think, oh, that's actually gone in, sort of thing, you know. Um, so yeah, he didn't, he didn't cut. Certainly, the wall didn't cover itself as such. And um, and what what Sears was doing, God only knows. And yeah, a little bit unfortunate on Cornell, but probably should have got a stronger hand to it. Build the wall, um, yeah, build the wall better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is not even going down any of those roads today. It's, leave it, leave it. It's ne- never ending, isn't it, at the moment? Uh, um, but yes, and certainly a bit worrying. Um, we won't dwell on it, but what Joe's just said there, if people either aren't being heard or aren't being listened to, that's mm, not 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 ideal with um, goalkeepers and instructions and throw, teamwork I'll, and I'll throw this the wall. In, I'll throw this in there. Had it been a league match and perhaps, I won't say, perhaps Chambers had it been playing, do you think perhaps it would have been? A louder voice with some better organisation there. I know the keeper, obviously, hopefully, his own wall. He is loud have... though, Cornell as well. He's that is something you notice when he's playing. You you hear him all game. He's a, he's a definitely. Joe, I'm loud, talk, but no one listens to me. Well, maybe you could play <laughs> golf, <for> switch. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Ben playing golf. He really could. Oh, there's, 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 when I'm playing, it's just where can you put me on the pitch where I'll do the least damage Absolutely and, and not. the least and the least shouting. Not um, true. Right, let's go to another pretty rubbish goal, to be honest, Dave. Um, this is... Um, oh, horrible. Horrible, yeah, horrible. This is Naylor on the edge of the box. And I mean, we've got the freeze frame up there. Um, look, we're very, very deep. The ball's been cut back. Uh, players clearly in the line of well, the Well, there was, there was a couple of... Here's the um, leg coming out from uh, yeah. McGuinness and deflects it around... Um, Around Cornell. Cornell in the goal, Dave. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean McGuinness, who I, who I, I think is a really good, going to be a really good young player. Didn't didn't start the game very well because I think he gave away the sort of fairly cheapish free kick for the for the first goal. Um, and this is a, this again is a is a bit of a one. I think the first phase of play, McGavin sort of gets caught under the ball a bit, a bit of a weak header. Then it's played square. Then I think um, the right the right side of player plays it in. McGuinness gets a half decent header. But I think out again to the same player, plays it inside. And um, I think to Naylor, who shows... Yeah, no, sorry, McGuinness heads it out to Naylor, who shows really good composure, gets it down, gets his head up, and just lays it slightly behind him. And it's just, again, it's unfortunate, really. It's a side foot, no sort of effort at all. And I think Cornell would have got it comfortably. And, yeah, just big deflection off McGuinness. Unfortunate McGuinness. And um, in the corner at that stage, we are miles off it, aren't we? My God. And to incredibly preventable goals but yeah. um we're going to get one back joe before half time um it's a bit of a bit bit of a just they're all laying ducks these goals in this game uh, it's played up into nolan who's kind of playing the the big guy flick on um it comes back to him i think off the pompey player and then actually from there i mean if you look at our freeze frame we've got there it's a really nice touch uh with the left foot and spin and hit with the right foot nice and low. Um, so it's all a bit easy for him to get into that position. But um, 
a, a nice take and finish, Joe. And a, 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 if, I know there's not a bad time to score, but a good time to get one back just before half time. Yeah, it's, it's it was it has been something we've doing we've been doing a lot better this season. But when we've struggled and we've been playing at a slow <laughs> tempo, we just have not got that midfield runner ahead of the ball, which is what happened to him. Nolan actually makes a third man run, get, gets ahead of his, gets ahead of the defenders, runs in the box, and McGuinness picks him out with a really good really good ball into him, sort of making up for the sort of two earlier errors that Dave mentioned. And he just, Nolan sort of tries to take it down, but it's, it's the run that does it. It's people getting in the box and making defenders make errors. And then when the ball does fall back to him, it's a really smart, smart finish. Dave? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. I think he tries to sort of help the ball on. It's a good ball from McGuinness that picks him out and he tries to, I think, help it on. I assume, I think it's Sears and Raggett sort yeah. of gets a foot in. But yeah, good time. I mean, we know he's got that. We know he's got that in his game. You know, great touch, technique, spin, great finish. Um, Almost out of nowhere, wasn't it? Because again, I don't think we'd come a little bit more into the game because you didn't mention, but we, Cornell made a really good save at 2-0, literally two minutes or three minutes after, I think must have been perhaps on the 20th minute or something like that. He made a really good save low down with his legs, I think, to, to, to prevent it going to 3-0. But um, yeah, there's the first time, first really bit of direct football we played because it was just awful yesterday. Again, it was a lot of this very nice passing, very nice possession, but really in our own half, a lot of it. And Matt Holland was was summarising, wasn't he? he was, you could tell he was getting very, very annoyed with it, really. Um, so first bit of direct play, yeah, resulted, you know, resulted in a goal and as you say, good time to score. Obviously, good time to score, and um, yeah, you go in at half time a little bit more, um, a little bit more confident, a little bit more buoyed. Um, we see the sight of James Norwood on sixty-two minutes. He's going to come in for Hawkins, and Dave. He's going to score straight away. But first of all, quite the assist, oh. um, I would say, from uh, Freddie Sears here. Um, ball is played into him, and it's a cushion right foot volley um which completely splits the two center halves and lands perfectly for norwood who um it's really composed actually waits 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 the keeper stands and then he quickly hits it right into the corner into the side netting um i you know not that much to be positive about in this game but um great um key pass by sears and really good composure by norwood who looked very relaxed going through there didn't he yeah, he did. I mean, I think we should mention just not long before that Hawkins gets substituted in the penalty shout on Hawkins. My word. What? <laughs> it's just a rugby tackle, isn't it? I mean, he just had a bunch of his shirt, pulled him down, bunch of his shirt. I mean, OK, if the ref's not got a good sight of that, my goodness me, the linesman, I, honestly. But but anyway, enough of that. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? I think it's a clearance. I think Danassian sort of clears it from his own half. Great, great touch, sort of. Feather touch around the corner from um, from Sears, from Sears, and then um, and it's all about Norwood, and it's really good because we saw him and we saw him miss a lot of one on ones. Let's face it, certainly early part of last well last season in general. Um, but no, he's really cool. Took it close to the keeper, committed the keeper, and lovely, lovely goal, lovely sort of just clipped it in the corner. Beautiful two two, and we were we were very much you know in the ascendancy then, weren't we? Really were. Um, Edwards comes in for Bennett. We go into extra time. Uh, Lancaster comes in for Sears and Judge for Hughes. Obviously, you can have the extra subs. Uh, in deference to Pompey, as you would say, Dave, uh, Close has a, a big chance, which he should hit the target with. Harness hits the post um, as well in um, extra time. And then we're going to have great fun with this winning goal <laughs> for, for Pompey here. So let me go first here. I'm, and we have to do go this on. across 
across five different pitches here. Um, and then Joe, you can come in and then Dave. So here is the free kick from Harness. Um, you can see Ragger is kind of borderline on off for the uh, in the first instance. Um, it's it's going to turn out to be um, irrelevant. Uh, so in it goes. Naylor wins the header. So now Raggett is definitely offside. Um, but this doesn't matter because Cornell's going to make the save and we know, OK, it's a new phase of play. play. Yeah. Out it comes out. There is um, Nikolaisen who heads the ball and it is going to go into the goal whether or not anybody touches it. Um, so Nikolaisen headers it from about one yard. Um, normally on offside calls, uh, there's... There's normally at least a player between the attacking player and the goal. Uh, we hope for the statutory two. There is no one between uh, Sean Raggett and the goal. And for some inexplicable reason, with the ball going into the net, uh, Raggett from, as you can see there, about six inches, clearly uh, kicks the ball um, over the goal line. Um, OK, the linesman looks nicely positioned there. He may have a couple of bodies in the way. It happens uh, very quickly. So... Ignore all of the first bit. Nicolaisen heads the ball. Look, you're not going to get we was robbed, referees, haters, blah, blah, conspiracy theory on Blue Monday. Uh, but this is offside, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, it is offside. Yeah, it is. Um, just, just going back to that picture, because I think conceivably, when Nicolaisen sort of, I don't know if your head is, it sort of bundles it towards goal. I think, is that McGuinness the other side of that? Is that McGuinness the other side of both yeah. of them there? He's got a chance of, if 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 Raggett's not there, he's got half a chance of clearing that because it's not going with any great pace. All right, he's really close. That ball is not moving with any great pace. It's going to go in from Nicolaisen, but who's to say McGuinness isn't going to get round there? Getting there, hooked up to Well, Danassian has just come out. I just read on TWTD that Danassian said that the linesman said that McGuinness is the one that put the ball in the goal. That's why he didn't give it. <laughs> Hang on, didn't we have this Chambers Wickham type yeah. scenario like last yeah. year, didn't we? So um, yeah, apparently it's just a, it's just an abysmal piece of officiating, isn't it? I know we were very frustrated midweek with the Dizel red card. Uh-huh. Which I don't think it was a red card. The well, penalty, which I don't think was a penalty today, or sorry, yesterday, the penalty on Hawkins, Hawkins that was mentioned earlier, the free the foul for the free kick before this, which Harrison buys off the Nassian, the the over the top cha- challenge oh, on McGuinness, which awful. is which was a much worse tackle than Tazel put in. And That's, I say it's, we've been on the wrong end of five big, big decisions in two games there. And I suppose the only f- thing you hope for is that it evens itself out over the season and we get three big ones go our way in league games as opposed to three against us in the cup game. Because it was just it was just abysmal, really, isn't it? And there's there's no excuse for it. It's not even it's not even contentious, is it? I, I, I didn't really understand why the BBC commentator kept saying, oh, it, it does look as though it was offside. If it was, and I was just, it, it was offside. There's no two ways about it. It's just... Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match program each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. 
There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Clear and obvious. Yeah, you, it, you you look for when you're watching these. You you kind of look for on these clear and obvious ones. You say you're trying to figure out what's gone wrong there. And like you say, does he think um, that no one's touched it? A does he think that um, like you were saying that McGuinness put in? You try and figure out how. Um, look, you're- we're not saying anyone's bent against this. You're trying <laughs> to figure out how the mistake is made, and uh, we're not saying it's a dishonest mistake. It's it's just inept and it's one of those Dave where talking about the other decisions through the week um the the Dizel one and the red card you can have a you can have a debate about that one can't you but offside is black and white there's no subjectivity at all you're either ahead or you're not and it's it's just a and very it's not one of, it's not one of those VAR ones is it where they're offside by the Sort no, of the width of a no. natural huge, Patrick Bamford was the best one yesterday. Patrick I'm sorry. Bamford's that's that's gotta be the best it, yeah. one. That's gotta be the best yeah. one. Yeah. Do you know what summed it up? It's two things. So well, um what wound me up in midweek, I know we're not talking about yesterday's game more than anything, was the penalty. I'm sorry. If and I know the letter of the law and I know Ben, you say if that's a penalty, I'm sorry. I'm no, Dave, even by the letter of the law, that's not a penalty. Because well, okay, you know, put something you know, in come off a, a player nearby. There's even a uh, so yeah, I'm I'm with you. Even unbelievable, I, I'm unbelievable. What summed up the officials yesterday, probably more than anything, was when <laughs> second half Norwood well caught the ball. <laughs> he almost had it under his arm and ran a couple of yards with it. <laughs> Do you remember that that bit? You know that summed up the officials for me yesterday. It's Pretty just, much, it's yeah. Just the line's really standard, halfway line. It's just um, unbelievable, mate. Unbelievable. But all, all yeah, we've just been as as Joe said. All you hope is that it evens itself out over the over the yeah, league season that, and we get one or two go our way. You know, that was had, what I was going to add, Dave. All I can hope for is <laughs> a, it's an honest mistake, and b, it evens itself out. That's all you can hope for. You just there's no point getting mad or. This, that, and the other. No, um, and, and, and it's, it's an no... almighty cock up, and let's just fingers crossed that we get we get one go our way. And uh, when it does go our way, we'll apologise profusely to the team it goes again and say, "Yeah, happens to no, you." And no, to us. The, the big concern is though that this is the level of officiating in this league, and if we have big games at the end of the season, sort of promotion deciders, playoff games, you're going to be getting one of these refs that is just poor and. One of these poor errors could go against us at a key time, but that's part of the penalty we pay for being in this division. There you go. Yep. Um, so uh, there you have it. It was 3-2. And uh, with all that conversation about the relevance of the cup, the schedule, um, et cetera, et cetera, um, we are out. And um, Dave, as he points out, the one winning 19, yet again, out Let's we go. go. I just add, a little, add something ahead, else? It's the first time we've lost in the first round of the FA Cup since November since a 3-1 defeat at Peterborough in November 1955. Just want to throw that one in. These leave new that records one hanging. keep leave tumbling. Leave that one hanging. Keep tumbling, Dave, don't they? It's a mere um, 65 years ago. There's not anyone so, who's at that game that isn't at state pension age. <laughs> what what that does mean, though, is um, Joe pointed out, uh, with Charlton's loss against Plymouth, that now takes a game from, uh, we'll talk about the schedule in a minute, from December the 22nd, um, in the already mad, ridiculous Christmas period, and moves it to November the 28th. So still the same amount of games. Um, 
Uh, we'll try and figure out whether that's a net gain or not. Who the hell knows until about January the 3rd, when we know how many points we've got and how many injured players we've got at that point. But um, look, we're going to come to some questions, guys, in just a second. Uh, if I can just quickly plug, um, we'll figure something out, some coverage for the Crawley game on um, Tuesday, and then possibly we'll go for a Q&A um, type pod in the international break. So plenty coming up. If you want to support the podcast, uh, which will always be free, but is our hobby and we have these softwares and things um, that we have to pay for, et cetera, et cetera. So if you do want to support, if you've been listening for a while and you want to give something back, you can do so either via Super Chat on one of our live streams on YouTube, or you can go to the support facility on Acast. Every little helps, even if it's £2.50 or whatever, it just helps us keep producing the pod and not for it to cost us a whole ton of money whilst we're doing it. Um, right, let's go. Um, I'm going to do just a few questions, but I'll get both of your takes um, on them. So this is um, Andrew. Uh, we'll go to Joe first. Um, I was impressed by McGavin. Is he in line to play the Dizel role whilst he is suspended? I know we're incredibly crowded in central midfield. We've been playing with a deep line playmaker. Um any chance of McGavin or is there too much traffic ahead, Joe? Well, well, he certainly did himself a lot of favours yesterday with his performance because I thought he was very, very, very good. He was the pick of the midfielders for me. And it almost sort of shows up how sort of far backwards Emir Hughes has gone at the moment. He just, McGavin just looked more, sort of more, had more tempo to his game, more insightful passing, more spirit, more sort of stronger in the challenge. Yeah, there's a couple of times when he's, Runners ran on off him. I think that close chance at the end, he let he let someone go. Or he let he let close go for that chance. But why why not? I I think he's done himself. It, like I've, I'm pretty sure now that if the team is named and McGavin is in there ahead of Dizel, nobody's going to think that is a poor decision that Lambert's made. I think everyone's going to think, yeah, well he's he's earned that right with the way he played yesterday. So fingers crossed he can get in there with. I suppose it'll be Teddy Bishop and John Nolan ahead of him. David. Yeah, I thought he's outstanding. I didn't realise he had it in his in his locker that sort of display. And you've got to say his set plays were absolutely superb. Really good, really good. You know, corners, free kicks. Well, one iffy free kick, but yeah. So and and he was looked to be. I thought he just looked to be progressive. You know, every time every time he got the ball, he was looking to look certainly second half, looking to looking to play forward. Um, yeah, really liked him. Looked composed, looked assured. I would say. And Joe's right. Hughes is. Uh, you know, love the guy. And you know, when he first came to the club, what three or four years ago, all absolutely brilliant. But you know, he, he was out for so long. It's just it's just not the same player. Shadow of the player he once was I think and yeah just not quite I don't know he's just, just off off it isn't he off the pace just just yeah just lacking a bit of confidence not, not sure what it is but yeah he's just just off it uh David um is a fully fit Norwood going to spearhead that front three best out of the strikers if you're playing a central striker with people getting around there Norwood is now fit he presumably won't do anything on Tuesday and then you have essentially a 10-day break going into the Shrewsbury game on the 21st. Does he now come in as your starting number nine? Yeah, I'd like to see it. I think I think he looked really quite fit and sharp when he came on. You know, he really did. He was a bit of a handful. You've got to think, you know, that's Portsmouth who are up there and challenging. That's their sort of first choice, first choice back four, as it were, or certainly the back four that played midweek against Lincoln. And I thought he was he's a real handful, took his goal really well. 
Um, obviously, he got himself booked, but, you know, that's part of the course with him. And I think Joe said, Joe, Joe said on the WhatsApp, you know, after he scored, I think it was Joe said, oh, he could be, you know, so important for us this season because he is, you know, he is, he is, well, he is the most natural goal scorer we've got. You know, Hawkins, I think, has done pretty well leading the line. Okay, he's got a goal, but, it doesn't look. It doesn't look like he's gonna. He's just. He just doesn't look prolific enough for us. I don't think so. Yeah, I see Norwood. Yeah, stay stays fit. Stays suspension free has been very important for us and can do that job. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, but like I say, if you look at the four strikers we've got there now, you've effectively got Ollie Hawkins who leads the line, but just isn't a massive goal threat. You'd expect him to maybe get seven or eight goals over a season. You've got Jackson, who's got the pace, so sort of offers you something different. But realistically, if, if you want your striker to score you 15 goals this season and be able to do some of the hold-up play, some of the that um, sort of some of the hold-up play, but also give you, give you a goal threat, Norwood is the best all-round sort of player we've got for that role in the squad. He is the one that, if you play him, you, you lose a little bit of what Hawkins gets you gives you but you're going to get a, probably another nine ten goals out of Norwood this season so it just nor if, if you're going to play Norwood you, you rely on someone like a Teddy Bishop being able to play much higher up the pitch as a 10 rather than as a sort of box think, to box like he has been I think you just need someone around him because he is he's someone that's going to try and get off the shoulder but ultimately if I was picking my strongest team with everyone fit I'd have James Norwood in it I think so, and I think the goal summed it up. Could you see Hawk? Could you see you know Sears playing that ball around the corner and Hawkins taking a taking his goal like that? Couldn't can't see no. it. No, can't see it. Yeah. Um, James asks with the overall um, inverted commas decent <laughs> performances against the so-called top size Sunderland and Pompey. Uh, obviously, with the mitigation of maybe a couple of refereeing decisions, um, you know, going against us. Are we soon to break? Uh, top ten hoodoo. Didn't we beat Accrington in the top six anyway? But I take I take James's uh, point, Joe. Um, we'll look. We'll look ahead. But in that run of games, Hull, Charlton, Pompey, Peterborough. Um, well, all of those teams, um, and I mean Oxford are there as well, and they obviously finished in the playoffs. I know they're down the table at the moment. Uh, Joe, big big difficult games. What are you saying? I don't think we've got anything to fear going into them. Even if you look back, obviously the Doncaster game was just a bit of an aberration. But against Lincoln, whilst they probably edged the game, had we had we gone away there and drawn there, it's a very different story to this. We always lose to top sides. And the same has happened at Sunderland. We've gone there. We've probably done enough to win that game in the second half and we end up losing it. But I, I think that record is just something that, is hanging over us, but I don't think it's that big a deal, especially with the way we're playing at home, where we're just sort of beating everyone at home. We just we just need a tougher game at home that we can get a win in and just to sort of put it to bed a little bit. Because I, I think last year it was an issue because all the teams that we played here at the top of the league just looked much more organised, much better coached than we did. Where this year, I, I don't think that's been the case as much. We, we look like we know what we're trying to do. Yeah, there's, there's, still, there's still some bumps in the road and there's still too much slow passing around the back but when we up the tempo like we did for sort of 30 40 minutes yesterday we, we are we are good enough to play and it's just a case of working out or Lambert working out what he needs to do to make sure that tempo stays high. Dave yeah. you got anything to add on that? No I totally agree I think it showed at Sunderland you know again bit of a slow start and it was all very pedestrian but then when we started playing playing higher up the pitch look 
Tilda Zell sending off. There was only one winner of that game, wasn't it, really? You know, Lancaster scores, decent chance. We go on and win the game and the hoodoo's broken. So, mm. no, I think there's, there's there's certainly a lot more a lot more hope that we'll, we'll do it this year. Um, I think what next game again, up is Hull, isn't it, against one of the, the one of, you know, one of those big four you mentioned. Yeah, I think Hull game home. back, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hull. So Joe said, win win against Hull, a tight game at home, and and that's that's well and truly dealt with, and off you go. Yeah, um, great stuff. Right. So next up, before this international break and that run, we have to mention this creepy, cruelly game. Um, there is the state of play in the EFL Trophy. Um, Ipswich second in the group, having lost against Arsenal under twenty ones and beaten Gillingham. So. Um, every chance of qualifying again for the latter stages, which you will be pleased to hear don't happen until after the midweek after the FA Cup. So you do still get that uh, 9th of January, I think it is, that gap. Joe, what would you do against Crawley? Are you, are you already sending certain first team players home, you know, or have they already been home since midweek last week, let's just say? Um, and with what can you get out of this uh, Crawley game positively? Without a doubt, no first team players involved at all for me. And unless there is somebody, I, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, somebody who is sort of coming back from injury and just needs a, needs a game. You, you, like you treat it like an under 23s game for me. Whether, like I say, obviously, had James Norwood not played on Saturday, you might have given him a start on Tuesday just to just put some minutes in his legs. But ultimately, it's a game that I'd, I'd love to win that, that game with an under-23 side, a similar side that we played at home against Gillingham. But obviously Cornell in goal, but your Elkin Baggett, your Liam Gibbses, Tyree Simpson, Dobra, McGavin again, or do you need to rest him effectively for... But another game for McGavin will probably help him and stuff. So I would be putting an under-23 side out and hoping that we win so that we can put an under-23 side out in the next round and just give these youngsters more and more experience. But you just cannot risk any first teams in this game. There's competitions. Like I say, it's only just picked up a sponsor, hasn't it? It's a bit of a joke that that competition's <laughs> even going this year in the Papa John's Trophy. But oh, no, no. It. I, I loved I loved to see the team that was named against Gillingham in the last, in the sort of last tie, and I, I loved the way that they played and were able to to win with with such a young team. When you got players like Elkin Baggett up against John Akinde and things like that, that was a massive win. But if you put that team out Tuesday and we lose and we go out, so be it. But that's that's what I'd be doing. And any um anything to be done in that in that game Dave in terms of or is it just a no win situation <laughs> no win isn't it I agree with Joe yeah you know put the you know the bones of the team that played at played at home at Chillingham and um yeah everything to everything to gain from that really for those for those lads and just continue with that um so let's talk just briefly and we'll we'll do a you know, a kind of Q&A thing next weekend in the gap so there is the league table uh two points per game Again, um, 22 points from 11. Second spot, Charlton just behind with a game in hand. Hull with a game in hand. And Sunderland with a game in hand within sort of striking distance. Seven wins in 11. You look at the table and you think this is a good football team that wins more games than they lose. Um, and it's a really, really key period in the season, um, David. It's We said 11 uh, well, it's going to be 12. No, it's 11, isn't it? Sorry, because of the, the no cup game in there. And it's 
Um, to quote uh, the now Cyprus-bound Mr. McCarthy, the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So, look, let me just bang through this, Dave, and see if you can get your head around how you think this period is going to play out, A, and how important this period could be. Um, so Shrewsbury at home on 21st of November, then Hull at home on the, um, on the, on the midweek, now the Charlton game fits in there. So you have Charlton and Hull back to back in the same uh, week. Charlton then, at home? Is Charlton at home or away? Um, pass. I, okay. I don't recall. Um, I don't know. Matter, it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah. Um, Joe, can you check that while I'm reading yeah. through? Thank you. Um, then Oxford, Plymouth away on a midweek day. <laughs> yeah, that is Hull, a home game, Charlton. So three so home Hull games and, on a spin. Wow. Hull and Hull and Charlton back to back at home. Yeah. That could be really vital. Four points or six points there. Um, Pompey come back. Then Burton in midweek. Then Peterborough away. Um, good luck <laughs> with that one. Um, now the game before Christmas is clear as it stands at the moment. Um, remember, we there are such things as postponements and snow and things of that nature, which, um, you know, may or may not happen. Um, and then Boxing Day, Northampton, uh, AFC Wimbledon, and then Fleetwood. Um, it's going to be carnage, isn't it, Dave? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. You're going you're gonna to want that squad fairly intact, that big squad. You know, people saying we've perhaps got a bit of a inflated squad, but you're going to need all of that, aren't you? Yeah, I didn't quite realise, I must confess, I didn't quite realise it was quite so congested between between now and the new year, but that's just, yeah. It's basically yeah. five weeks of two games um, every yeah. single week. Yeah, um, full on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. How, well, how you... look... You need to, you do need, you know, I know we spoke about it earlier, but we will need to take some points from um from those those big games, won't we? Those those four, those four, we need to take some points from there. Really do. Um Joe, what do you see in terms of sort of rotation and um because I mean when you look at that and you've got essentially I think they are all home games in that first week against Shrewsbury, Hull and Charlton. Um obviously you want your big players playing. Um you want to maximize the chances of winning, but you know you've got all of these games. Coming, are we expecting to see, um, you know, if we talk about having a, a decently um, stocked squad, are you happy with seeing, starting to see some rotations through there or um, do we think there's going to be a, a hardcore of players that go through that whole run? Um, I, I think there will have to be an element of rotation through there. It's just working out how you can do it without sort of significantly weakening your team, whether it's just sort of one or two here and there. But I'd say you, you, look, at the, you look at the squad we've got and there aren't many positions where there's a major downgrade by, by, take, by taking someone out, if that makes sense. Like if you've got Chambers, like he's been, he's been really good this year at right back, but the Nashian okay. can more than hold his own. Yep. Stephen Ward's Kenlock is a decent-sized downgrade, but, but ultimately... He he's thirty five and he he didn't play the early cup games. He didn't play the sort of midweek games. Then he isn't going to be able to play sort of ten games in five weeks. You are you, Ken Lock is going to have to come in and have a couple of those games. You just need to make sure. And I'm sure I know we gave the management team a lot of criticism for the rotation last year. But I, but I know from my point of view, a lot of that criticism was to do with the sort of randomness of the changing of formations rather than the rather than the actual players of it. But I know they did a lot of work last year in trying to plan four, five, six games ahead with regards to resting people. And that's, that's going to be very uh, overthinking. Joe. 
I, I, I think they just overthought sort of trying to set up to stop other teams rather than us setting up how we want to play and just making small adjustments on that side. But we've obviously been over that hundreds of times on the pod. But so you are just going to need to. And like I said, when you look at the midfield, Teddy Bishop might need to sit out a game and then John Nolan plays that role and hopefully he does well. And that's what happened earlier in the season. Freddie Sears can come in for Guion Edwards if he needs to. Keenan Bennett can come in for Jack Lancaster, Hawkins, Norwood and Jackson between the three of them, they can cover it. Like I say, whilst it's, it's not just us, we're not the only team in this league with a mad schedule and we've, we're one of the teams who, who's got a squad that is able to to handle it without having to put young, inexperienced players in. We've got senior pros that can come in in, in nearly every position on the pitch. Um, Dave, with 11 games down, by January the 2nd, it'll be 22. Currently in the top two, um, where where do you see us being um, in that empty? If we were to do a Q and A pod on FA Cup week on January the 9th, we've twenty two games gone, so so basically halfway um, through the season. Um, are we still in the top two? Are we in the top six? Are we in the top half? Where after that huge run of games, is there enough grind? You know it's about the grind sometimes, rather than it the is about the grind. Do you know what? I think if we're still. I mean, it is, and you've said it's very tight, and you know those teams, Charlton, Sunderland, Hull, all got, I think, all got games in hand on us. And just if the one, back, yeah, yeah, just the one. Um, no, after after that, if we come to FA Cup third round weekend and we're still in the top six, and that's a little bit of buffer, but there's no, you know, say there's, I don't know, three, four, five points between automatic and in the top six, then I think. Given those scheduler games we've got, I mean, okay, everyone's still going to be playing. All the others are going to be playing everyone else. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'd like to think we could maintain that. Um, Joe, just quickly talk to me. We we know league tables. What happens at one end affects the other. If you have three, four teams scoring 80, 85 points, the tide decreases at the bottom. Um, are you still of the mind that it might be... Um, someone might be in third place with high 80 points or even 90. Well, I think there's there's sort of six, seven, eight teams in this league that have been able to sort of, for one reason or another, whether it's a rich owner, whether it's sort of money in the bank, have been able to protect themselves from COVID so much more than other clubs in the, in this division. And there was already a real sort of top eight that were much better off financially squad-wise than sort of anyone else in the division last year. So I, I do think that gap between the top eight and the rest has increased. And like I say, you look at the table and that there's six, is there seven teams or six teams which are already on two points a game, which I don't know if that is high compared to previous years. I've not looked, but that, that seems high to have that many teams still going along at, a, at this rate without having, that's basically six teams that have not had sort of a three or four bad games yet effectively in this far into the season, which is which is high. So I, I, I do think it is going to be a shootout at the top of the league. And mm-hmm. you are going to, you, you just can't drop points against the weaker teams at home in this league. That is an absolute no, no. And we, we haven't done that as yet. We've played five home games, won them all, yet to concede a goal. And we just need to make sure that that home form stays top notch. And so we, we're going to know a, a lot more come sort of this time in, sort of two, what is it three weeks time after we've played Charlton and Hull at home because if we've lost both of those at home then we are we are in a real sticky situation and that is when you're going to need to hope to see well you, you, you if, if we lose both those home games then that is when Marcus Evans may need to act 
Dave, do you think um, we'll start to see the league table stretch in respects of that the team's less equipped to deal with COVID as yeah, we get into this crazy, um, yeah. you know, and there's yeah. going to be cancellations still with players missing. Do you think we're going to start to see a, a few teams go on losing runs as well, like Joe sort of points to? Yeah, I think so. I think it's only it's only natural, and that's like I said before. You know, when you you are dependent on your, you know, the strength and the size of the you know quality of the squad as well. So yeah, it's 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 gonna it's gonna pan out like that. It has to this season, I think. Wonderful. Okay, so that is the FA Cup done for another year, and um, we've doing this podcast a while. There's not been that much fun um, in the FA Cup, although I should draw your attention back to one of my favourite Blue Monday shows. Not the final, but Dave talking about the FA Cup semi-final against um, West Brom is an absolutely fantastic show. So if you want, you want a good, um, you know, a, a good listen, um, Ipswich Town related and um, the uh, FA Cup. Uh, go back into the archives and check that one out. Um, as I suggested, we'll likely do something for Crawley. Um, look, there's a lot of games, and uh, we'll we'll see what we're doing as we go in terms of podcast, and hopefully we'll. Um, might even do a live Q&A maybe next weekend um, at some point in terms of a podcast. Um, let us know what you want as ever at Blue Monday ITFC on the Twitter and in the comments on uh, YouTube. Um, Joe, anything to plug? Anything to add from your end? Not really. Um, the under-18s obviously won their Youth Cup tie against Southend on Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday afternoon. Good 4-1 win there, but it was sort of... It was 3-0 heading into half-time. We conceded right on half-time where we could have been out of sight in the first half. They came back into a bit in the second half, but we got the fourth goal and there was some decent performance in there. Alfie Cutbush in the middle, Albie Armin, the first year, who was captain of the side from left-back and then sort of Liam Gibbs, who was just the best player on the pitch by quite some distance. So it was good, it was good to see, actually be able to watch an under-18s game because they streamed that one on the Facebook. But... Um, it's Chelmsford City in the next round of the Cup. But I don't, I don't know if that's able to take place during the lockdown because I'm not sure whether their under-18s are seen as an elite club because only elite levels continue. They're in the Conference South, which is elite level according to sort of the government guidelines. But it might be that this tie gets pushed back to the other to the other side of it. But I haven't heard anything on that yet. Um, David, any sign off from you? Depeche Mode in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say, and I, I meant to mention it um, uh, when I was on Graham's show midweek, that um, just to sort of get well soon to Paul Marino, who's recovering oh, from brain course, surgery, yeah. for goodness sake. So, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously personally spoken about him. And again, you can, back in the back in the rem- mists of time, you can see one of my um, top 10 tributes to Paul Mariner, I'm sure is in there somewhere. But um, yeah, just a sort of get well shout out to him, I think. And Dave, a very fun rainy night. You and I went to Fulham early on in the pod. Um, Freddie Sears scored after about 10 <laughs> seconds and Paul Mariner was sat about <laughs> oh, five oh, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. And I couldn't that. get Dave to look at the blooming pitch. He was just making yeah, kissy mate, faces I, at Paul Mariner. I was, night, I, was so. I was, yeah. Oh my well, God, I forgot about that. Obviously, from everyone at the pod and probably every Ipswich fan and every football fan, we wish him well. And when we yeah. talk about wanting an all-rounder who can play oh. centre-forward in the oh, middle of the him, three. Imagine him in League One. Stop <laughs> Probably it. score Stop about it. 70 goals in, Stop in it League now. One. Uh, yeah. Ridiculous. Right. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. We'll be back. Um, something for Crawley, something for um, maybe a Q&A or what have you. And then 
the mad, ridiculous um, 11 game run between November the 21st and uh, the 2nd of January. We'll be all over it um, uh, here on the podcast. Dave, we're going to jump in there, sorry. Well, yeah, I was just saying it'll be even stretching our resources, won't it? Stretching the podcast resources. That's, for the squad, but we, squad we have a. We have a bloated squad like Ipswich. We've got plenty of people we can put in and the standard never drops, does it? And with that being said, uh, we thank you very much for listening and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.